Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said in stone's day, the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. Keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. Laugh at him and you're undone. But in some dreadful fashion, vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. Time will not erase or blot a plot that he has brewing. It's when you think that he's forgot, he'll conjure your undoing. Bolted doors and windows barred, guard dogs prowling in the yard, won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. So, in case you don't know, this is the Pumpkinhead episode. That was actually a poem written naming this creature Pumpkinhead, and I think the movie was based on the poem. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I did not. Uh, All right, then. So I was reading up on some details about Pumpkinhead recently, and uh, it's one of my favorite horror movies. I got to be honest. I just I love it. And I would say 75% of the love of this mm. movie comes from Lance Henriksen. Yes. <clears throat> so that's uh, how I wanted to start it off. Omar, you were not, you were unsuspecting, but uh, it's a poem that I found out about, um, I don't know, a couple of years back. And then my brother had shared it with me recently because we were talking about it. And then I happened to tell him, hey, I want to watch Pumpkinhead because Omar and I are going to review it. So I wanted to get fresh on it because I haven't seen it in about six months or so. Anyway, he's like, oh, you remember right. that poem? And I was like, oh, I'm going to start off the episode reciting that poem. So anyway, you can find the Pumpkinhead poem online. It's pretty simple to get to. But we're not here to discuss the poem. We're here to talk about the movie. So you want to kick it off? I don't think you're as much of a fan of this movie as I am. Yeah, you know, man, I, I'm a stickler for dialogue. And uh, this is kind of wonky for me. Damn you, Omar. You got to get past that. Um, tr I tried. I really did. Um, it just, um, it, it was too, like, you know, I love 80s cheese. You know, I love 80s cheese. But um, usually, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like it, I guess, with a little bit of the campy fun. And I think this movie took itself a little too seriously. And it, it, it was like even. Does. Yeah. And um, well, you got to think about know, the like, subject matter, too. I mean, vengeance isn't something that you joke around about, you know, so it's a serious thing. I mean, and for those, obviously, we're giving away spoilers. It's what we do. But there's, you know, there's murder or, you know, at least um, manslaughter. You know, a kid is killed by accident. Um, but. It's negligence, right? It, it starts off with these kids they are going to spend a weekend together up in the mountains and they have a cabin. They're, they're going up there. And one of the guys who is this asshole, Joel, is drinking. He decides to get on his dirt bike and start uh, riding around. And he's been drinking beer all day long. And this kid happens to go chasing after his dog and he gets in the way of the dirt bike and it and he gets hit and... 
<clears throat> that sets off the series of events. Yeah. And um, like certain certain aspects where, uh, for example, when the kid does, you know, get killed, Henriksen's reaction is just like, uh, uh, you know, it just seemed a little gruff. That was it. That was it. But he didn't seem like completely broken and destroyed. You know, there should have been a, a rage, you know. And well, I, remember, he turns he turns to that other guy and he looks at him like a, gives him a death stare and then and then turn takes, you know, takes off. And then he's like later on, that kid's like, well, you know, I think we're going to be OK. And he's like, well, what happened? And he's like, I, I don't know. He's like, don't lie to me. And he's like, uh, he looked like he wanted to kill me. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like, what do you mean? You don't know. All right. So I'll give you, I'll give you that. The writing is not the best in this movie. Okay. So the dialogue is, is weak, but what we have is the, the setup for one of the best creature makeup and creature effects. I happen to, uh, you know, I happen to love the, the creature effects of Pumpkinhead, And I think obviously everyone knows this is a Stan Winston project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, Stan Winston, I mean, his makeup effects obviously are, you know, the the, the top tier, the, you know, the best. But I mean, you know, rest the soul and whatnot. Um, I think he, he works best as a creature designer and not a director, you know, and I'm not sure if he wrote it. But, uh, no, you know. no, he I mean, I think mm. he did. Co- he co-wrote it, but there were um, mm. there were two two writers on it and they adapted it from the poem by Ed Justin. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I I just absolutely love this film. I love Lance Hendrickson and the kid, his, you know, the kid who plays his son, Billy. Um, I think they they set up the the perfect um the the perfect scenario of a of a single father who's you know they're they're poor they're in the middle of you know Appalachian mountains and they're you know they're just poor farmers or what have you and I thought it was a good setup of of great um, folk horror and we've discussed folk horror in the past and obviously we even did a review of a couple of the of famous folk horror movies and if you want to figure that out you can scroll back and and check out some of the season 1 episodes that we have folk horror is something that i love dearly and in this movie i liked the interactions between and and where the writing shines it's between lance henriks and ed harley's cat you know the character of ed harley and the witch haggis Mm. And there's this which dialogue, is a food, between, by the way, which is a food, which is an odd name for mm. a witch. But hell, you know, mm. Mm. she is a hag. <laughs> <and so. laughs> exactly. So, no, but I love the I love the direction with uh, the two of them and how she's like directing him to raise her back holla. And he's got to go up there and and even just the setting of the cemetery where the where folks buried kin they's ashamed of, you know, so there's there's a sense Mm. of of this forlorn, forgotten, um, you know, families that have um, that have forsaken their own kinfolk. So, you know, like and, you know, your kin is everything, especially 
when you're in a setting like this, your kinfolk, you know, they you live for them. And I guess to a certain extent, you know, as family men, you know, people who who, you know, care about their family. We were both heavily involved in, in you know, our families. So, um, mm. you know, I think when you put it in perspective, it's like you can't imagine forsaking kin or being so ashamed of them that you bury them in a place that that is probably unhallowed ground right so you would imagine that right. a place where these people have been forsaken that's where this demon of vengeance is buried which by the way i was lucky enough to have seen this movie in 35 millimeter years back and mm. it was it was actually a print with the alternate title vengeance uh what the heck was the name of it i just drew a blank now um it wasn't pumpkin it wasn't pumpkin head I, it, it'll come to me and, and i'll talk yeah. about it okay oh i think it was yeah, vengeance yeah yeah uh anyway so yeah but it was really cool how that it had an alternate title and it didn't work well and so they put it out there with pumpkin head uh since it mm. just kind of it obviously was the in, in the inspiration from from the poem inspired the story so but there's I love the fact that this is um, that the witch herself, she just it plays a devil's advocate, literally. Right. So she's sitting there and she's even telling him, nope, you know, you don't want this. You just go bury your kid and get out of here. But she knows she's not really telling him to do that. She's egging him on. She wants him to do this. She's, right, right, right. So she's playing this like, oh, no, don't do that. But but mm. she's really actually promoting this like you you should be doing this and you could hear that in her tone, um, you know, and then even when the after the first kill, um, he runs back to the witch and he's like, you know, this we can't do this, you know, make it stop. And she's like, it's too late, you know you mm, uh you mm. got to see it through to the end and he's like no this this can't be and he's like god damn you god damn you and the best line and they always send chills up my spine is he already has son he already <laughs> has <laughs> and i just love that man that's that's some of my favorite uh favorite lines in any movie i just love the witch and i just love how she's this mythical figure and even the even the kid who says oh i think i know i know what you're talking about you know what you got to trade for it you know so it's like you know there's <laughs> yeah, little yeah, things yeah. it's like what you got to trade you know like even the kids like i thought i thought they really played well into this um you know into the this, this rural type of of uh setting where so think, um, yeah you know where it it plays into the 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 myths of of the locals you know stuff that's like you only heard about or when he his memory of ed harley who saw pumpkinhead when he was a child you know back in the 50s there was a you know the vengeance right. demon had come for someone a local and he had gotten his revenge you know cuz pumpkinhead always does and he play and he toys with his victims too like he'll torture them a little bit or mess with them or and as he starts right. to kill more and more you see ed harley's features become more prominent on the demon's face and so there's that evolution right. um that i just found i found that to be brilliant i i thought that was one of the coolest aspects of it is that you know they talk about revenge um, and how it harms the you you know the the person who's exacting the revenge it harms them as much as it harms the people that they're enacting the revenge upon 
And, right, right, right. And so, and so that you know, the duality of that revenge, how it comes back to you, is brilliant. And it's a little. I, I won't. I don't say it's heavy-handed. I would say it is physically converting him, because at the end of the film, Ed Harley obviously dies, and and so does Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. But but the body burns up and is incinerated. But at the end of the film, you see. Haggis burying a body and it's wearing Ed Harley the necklace that his son gave him before he died and and you've realized that that's how this works that the revenge the vengeance kills that person you know and and right. so you right. you become that that demon of vengeance when next when the next person decides to invoke that power and i just think that's i just think that's brilliant yeah, it was. Um, I mean, yeah, some of the ideas were good and everything. It's just some of the execution was done poorly. You know, that that took me out of the film, you know, as yeah. they're, they're, you know, the, the victims, they're just waiting there for the creature to come and kill them. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, they're just sitting, well, at, uh, you know, at the at the house, the um, where wherever they they went for that you know vacation or they were wherever they were going and they were right. just inactive and and it also seemed like I don't know the characters weren't as as well defined as they should be as far as the the you know the victims themselves mm-hmm. you know you you have your very stereotypical you know oh the more guilty uh, one the 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 females were all clones you know what i mean they oh were just my like, god yes oh, the same exact yep. thing so yep. for that for me that kind of took me out of the movie and uh and again the uh, some of the heavy-handed dialogue for me was just like uh it just <laughs> didn't it took me out man anytime you take me out of the movie i'm just like uh, i struggled to get back in i found myself looking at my phone getting oh, distracted come oh, on yeah, dude oh i'm serious oh, bro dude I know you're killing know. me. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. You are, that is that is awful, especially since I'm like how like obsessed I was. I mean, I have the the movie on Blu-ray. I own these. The the soundtrack was released on vinyl two years ago. I bought it on vinyl. Oh my god, uh, dude! It's definitely yeah. one of my favorites. Like I watch this movie at least once or twice a year. So Damn. this is this is a movie I wow. go back to. And like I said, I I, I like. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. There's there's some weak dialogue and the directing in this movie. And, and I think I believe this is Stan Winston's first movie that he directed. So yeah, it was, as yeah. a first time director, it's not it's not a perfect film, and it's a little right. bit on it. I would I consider it a low budget movie. Maybe it's it's got a a, a few million dollars in the budget, and we can. Um... We could split hairs. I don't remember what if there was a big yeah. budget on this. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, it, it comes across as being kind of. I mean, you know, I guess it, it depends a, on how, what do you mean by low, but it was a third, a three million dollar budget, or estimated at three and a half million dollars in nineteen eighty eight. Eh, I guess that maybe <sighs> would be average uh, for you know um, a, a a release of this type, thirty five, you know, yeah. 30 million. It it mm. didn't grow it didn't gross much and I don't think they knew how to market this film, but it, it grossed mm. maybe four and a half million dollars. So it turned a profit, but not much of a profit. So that's probably why. Oh, it's right. obviously Vengeance the Demon was the alternate title. Oh, okay. Um, so 
I, I, what I think they got right is the relationship between father and son, how, um, Ed Harley goes from this really, you know, like a mild mannered, you know, farmer who's not necessarily the brightest bulb in the box, you know, but he is, Mm. he's smart enough to balance his own books and make sure that he's doing the right thing by running the the farm stand and everything else. He's not a stupid man by any stretch, but he's, you know, not an, um, a college educated man. Right. Um, but so, so that's why he, I think he's susceptible to this for a couple of reasons. One, he saw the 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 demon he knew it existed mm. he he knew it wasn't just a dream he knew that there was a witch around here that could do it but once he realized right. she but once you know i I've, i like to think that if you um maybe if you had the education you probably would have done your best to avoid going to the witch right but then again right we you know, right. they, I just I just read recently this story of this this father, and this is what brought me to this story. So I was like, mm. so here's here's um in real in real life in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, back in the eighties, um, a child had a karate instructor, and the karate instructor uh, kidnapped and raped this young boy. So oh, he this, this guy he kidnapped him from Louisiana and took him to California. They, he he oh ex- escaped with him, and over the course of a period of days in a hotel room, proceeded to to molest. He raped this young boy. The kid oh, was like geez. ten, ten yeah. or eleven years old. So yeah. the father finds out that they found his son. They found the uh, you know this this kidnapper and and child molester, and they're extraditing him back from California back to Louisiana. So he finds out he happens to be in a bar. And he hears that this news reporter talking about it to somebody overhears that uh, they're flying this this criminal in that night. Okay, now I think I remember this. Yes. So the father gets the gun, a gun and goes to the airport and has like a cap and sunglasses and he's waiting. Yes. And then the guy steps off the plane and the father comes out of nowhere and shoots the guy in the head and kills him. Yes, he was holding the phone like you see him in the background because this was recorded. He's holding the gun as if it's a phone. And then, no, he was actually speaking on the phone with a friend and he was talking to someone. Yeah, he was, he wasn't joking around. He's like, Oh, he's here now. Get uh, get ready. You're going to hear gunshots. Yeah. And he drops the phone and turns around and blows this guy away. So he was like, So he gets his revenge. But when he yeah. does that, he he sacrificed the relationship with his son for years. His son wrote a memoir years later. His father died in oh. 2014 or whatever. And they were estranged oh. for a while. And it took a, a long time for this kid to and his dad to reconcile. So mm. it happened like that. But that's to me, is the vengeance demon in action, right? So here you have a man who went ahead and and his name was Ed Harley. And and when I read this story, I was like, that's the Ed Harley Pumpkinhead story. Now, obviously, there's there's no supernatural element to this. What there is, is the pain of loss, right? You have the pain of of your child was yeah yeah metaf- you know metaphysically he was he was killed right because he destroyed his childhood right, right. He, he, and yeah yeah i just i've really felt like holy shit here's here's that story this is this is the the horror movie version of that reality where 
You exact Wait, so revenge. So the father had the the same. The father had the same name. No, no, I'm saying he could have been oh, Ed Harley. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, for me that was Ed Harley. So, you know? All right, all right, all right. So yeah, that's what no, I'm that's saying. True. Like that's true. Yeah. So yeah, like, I was like that. Damn, if the father had the same name, shit. I know how. Right? No. Uh, I yeah, think yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I forget the guy's name, Ploche or something like that. But right, um, right, and, right. And and they yeah. So I was like, holy crap! Like I I just reread this story again on Instagram, and and I was like, wow, you know, I just watched Pumpkinhead again last night, and this connected for me like i was like right, this makes right. sense because you know mm. you can't uh, imagine the loss of a child or your child being um and i know you you feel the same way you have nieces and nephews if someone harmed them of you course. would want to you would want to kill them you would want to want to absolutely and so that's where i was like i can understand that at that point it had nothing to do with whether or not he was educated but it had everything to do with um, the pain and 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 sadness and just utter despair. And in the beginning, uh, when they when these kids pull into town, they uh, they pull in front of the uh, Har Ed Harley's uh, fruit stand, right? And there's a sign. Mm. There's a sign on the front of the sh of the fruit stand that reads "Leaving Hope." Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Right, I noticed, and that. I was yeah, like, yeah, "Oh yeah. man!" So that's really <laughs> it. You he Ed Harley leaves hope behind right from the beginning of this um, movie, right? And and that's really I I really connect with this movie as as a, a a parent. I have my son. There's nothing I wouldn't do for him, and I always put myself in Ed Harley's place because there's a couple of scenes that resonate when his he's holding his son and he didn't take him to the hospital but we're like why the hell wouldn't you drive to a hospital or to a local doctor and get your doctor to look at them at your son and then and he's like talking to his kid and and then uh the, his final words are daddy and then you just see his body slump and you know that you know and, right and, right and so right. but but ed harley he's like just trying to contain that that just utter despair and then he wraps his son in that in the blanket and then takes him you know, to, to go mm, find the witch. To the, to the witch, right. Yeah. Um, and so that, and then after he invokes this demon and the demon is out um, and the witch does go home and bury your boy, um, he does and and uh, has this weird vision where his son jumps up and is bloodied and he's obviously dead, but he's right. like, Daddy, what did you do, Daddy? What did you do? And, uh, and he realizes, what did I do? You know, I did the wrong thing. Like right. just for, you know, obviously for utter despair, he left hope behind and, and just despaired. And, and that, you know, was everything. And so from the rest of that movie, he's trying, he's just an unwitting participant until the, until the end when he tries to stop it. So yeah, I, I really, yeah. I really, while, while the movie has its shortcomings, like you said, some dialogue, his first time as a director and, and, but I, I think what it lacks in some of that sophistication, I think it makes up for in its message and, and the execution of the, of the monster and, and yeah, but these movies, they're, they're a body count, you know, the, mo most of the people I, I think of, we've come to see like uh, from traditional slasher movies, most of them is just a body count, right? Most of the, most of the, um, yeah. it's, it's only one or two of the, of the camp counselors that you actually get to know because mm. she, that person's right. either going to be the one that's going to tug at your heartstrings when they get their throat slit, or that's going to be the final girl, right? 
Right, and so right, we kind of right. we kind of know the tropes here, but at the same point in time, uh, could I think they could have improved it a little bit more in terms of how they uh, they responded? Because right away they're like, "What's happening? Who's doing this killing? We don't know. We don't know what's going on." You know, they at first they're probably thinking like, "Holy shit, we're being attacked by hillbillies!" Right? Right. Because that right. that would have been my gut. Holy fuck, this dad knows where we are, and these hillbillies are stalking us. Like that's I would have had yeah. that in the dialogue. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's where I would have been. I would have put it in there because now they're looking for the for these hillbillies and they can't find them. Now bodies start smashing through the glass, the windows. Um, the, that mm. guy's brother is hanging from the from the roof of the of the house, which I happen to like that scene where his girlfriend goes outside to help him and Pumpkinhead grabs her and, and pulls her over the roof. And you see just right, like her legs right, being right. dragged over the over the roof of the building, which was like, holy shit, that's fucking scary. Like, I love yeah. that. But I like how Pumpkinhead also uses the, you know, the cross to taunt her. She's got the necklace. So he carves with his nail. He carves a cr the right. cross in her forehead. It's her forehead. Yeah. 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 And the, or the little kid, the other kid, you know, the 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 Wallace's um, grandson, uh, Mr. Wallace's grandson. He he helps these uh, the two of the these potential victims, these two guys who are trying to escape. And he's like, I'll help you. He's like, I'm going to take you to this old church that burned down years ago. But I figured it'd be a safe place. You know, demons aren't going to like this. It's holy ground, right? Right, right. But, but Pumpkinhead doesn't give a fuck where you are. He's coming. <laughs> and and you know what I mean? There's nothing right. that's going to come between. Nothing's going to stop him. Right, Nothing's right. going to stop him. He pulls a cross down off the wall and just starts smashing the church wall with it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's awesome because he's he's saying, fuck you. You know, my powers are more uh, are more potent. And right. Right. And so then, be afraid. Uh... Run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter where you're going to run to, you know, Pumpkinhead's going to find you. You're not, you're not going to escape. And, uh, and I thought that was just really cool. Um, and again, you know, like the movie wraps up at the end and I, I was like for years, so happy that they didn't make a sequel of this because it didn't need one in my opinion that, you know, he's, mm. um, you know, he, he died in this movie. He gets buried. It would have been cool that maybe there would, but it would have just been more of the same. And I was like, this right. is awesome. So for years, I didn't even know that they made a sequel. And it was only, I, I think, five years ago, I saw the sequel. Um, I, I, have, I think it's called Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodwings. And it's pure trash, <laughs> but it's not even good trash. Because I watch a lot of crappy right. cinema, but a lot of it... <laughs> A lot of it has redeeming qualities in, in terms of right, right. it's so good, it's bad, you know, so it pushes the envelope of what is fun to watch. It's it's entertaining. Trash is entertaining, but there's yeah, a level of absolutely. trash that's just poorly Where, executed yeah. and you can't get past it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I have a massive spider on the wall behind my monitor and it's like, I can't stop looking at this fucking spider. It's <laughs> massive. Uh, uh, it's a uh, pumpkin head spider. Coming it's up, it's coming looking at you me. in the ass. Uh, yeah. so anyway, all eight of its eyes. Mm -hmm. That being said, I, How many pumpkin seeds? I'm gonna I'm gonna give this thing four and a half pumpkins, and wow, that is not generous. That mo this movie deserves it. I think if you can get past 
the dialogue i think it's a taut movie i think it's a quickly paced movie they get after a little bit of an intro to the characters that you they give you enough of a chance to to um become part of the harley family and and really feel sad when his when he loses his son and i think lance henriksen does that because from 1986 to 1989, Lance Henriksen was in three of my favorite movies. He was in Aliens, he was mm-hmm. in Pumpkinhead, and he was in Near Dark. And I love right. all three of right. those movies. They're fantastic. <laughs> and so uh, he's, I, I feel like Lance Henriksen is the unsung hero of the late 80s uh, sci-fi and horror movies. I, I, I think he's fantastic and doesn't get enough credit. What was the TV show that he was in um, that he played? Uh, Millennium. Black? Millennium. Millennium was the first really season. Good... First season. First season was fantastic. Fan fucking tastic. So anyone wants to go yeah. back and watch a great TV series, uh, at least watch season one. If you're a fan of the X-Files, then you'll dig season yeah. one of this. Lance Henriksen was fantastic in this. I mean, he's great no matter yeah. what he does. Um, some movies right. are better than others. And this one, I of put course. it up there. So, how many pumpkins, Omar? Uh, I'm going to have to oh, give it uh, two and a half. Oh, man! Omar! I'm sorry, Lenny. You I'm broke sorry. my heart, Prado. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. Keep but, away from Pumpkinhead. Yeah. He's coming for you. Yeah, I know. I know. Woo. And I got a bit of a pumpkin head of my own, so, you know, <laughs> the old noggin. <laughs> All right. Well, go, you heard it here first, spider, folks. Lenny. I'm going to have to kill this spider. So until next time, folks, thanks for listening. We uh, really hope you like this one. And we're going to start posting on Instagram very shortly. We'll have some episodes up. And hopefully you guys are as inspired as we are to watch these movies and talk about them. So we'll have some others coming up. we got some good ones. Uh, we've seen some new films. And we will be discussing those shortly. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for joining. This is Cinema Slaughter. Out.